Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power that's in your word. We know that you uphold all things by the word of your power. Now we make our ears attentive, our hearts receptive, and our minds open to your word and to your spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you, dear Father God, that every mind is stayed on thee. I thank you, dear Father God, that your word will penetrate the innermost being to cause us to be doers of your word and not hearers only. In the name of Jesus, our Lord, amen. We've been talking about prayer that changes things. We're living in an age and a generation and a period of time. And I believe that as this age comes to a close, it's an age and a generation that must understand the principles and the laws of God in order to change circumstances, in order to be victorious, and I believe in order to exist. Today we hear people on television and on radios trying to instruct Christians to prepare for the days that are to come through carnal means. But the Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to, to the pulling down of strongholds. They tell us to buy all the food you can. Find yourself a place to hide. Well, praise God, I found a place to hide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I have meat that they know not of. Manna from heaven. The Word of God. Amen? We've been talking about prayer that changes things. If you want to have things change in your life, you've got to understand the principles of God's Word. You've got to understand spiritual law. You've got to cooperate with Him. You see, when everything was going fine, people would sit back and think, well, everything is well and everything is fine. We're prosperous and we've got food on the table. But when it gets to a place that these means whereby everything was provided are shut down. And it seems like the world system is falling from beneath us. It's giving out. Then we find out who are the men and who are the boys. Then we find out. Who are the ones that understand the deep things of God? You shouldn't be moved. You shouldn't even shake. For when the storms of life beat vehemently against your house, your house should not be able to shake. Could not shake it, for it was built upon a rock. Not on this economy. 
but built upon the solid rock of the word of the living God. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, the apostles and the prophets, praise God. You want to change things around you? You want to change things in your life? Don't look to man's ways. Look unto God's ways. The reason why I asked you to turn to the scripture is because I think too often we quote these scriptures without giving the people the opportunity to look at them. The Bible says, let not the word depart from before your eyes. Let's read these scriptures together. Let's look at these scriptures. Let's, matter of fact, let's do it. Let's say it together. Read them together. Verse 23. Verily, verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, ye shall have them. Listen to the echo. Those are the words of the Master. If you want to study prayer, these are the words of the Master prayer. These are not the words of some fanatical teacher. But these are the words of God made flesh. When you pray, believe you receive and you shall have. Because you shall have whatsoever you saith. Believe you receive and you shall have. Because you shall have whatsoever you saith. Now, we brought this out again to reemphasize that faith makes prayer work. Prayer does not make faith work. Someone says, but I prayed and prayed and prayed. Prayer does not make faith work. Faith makes prayer work. We talked about different prayers that change things. We talked about the prayer of supplication. We talked about the prayer of binding and loosing, which we're going to pick it up. There again. And also there is the prayer of agreement that changes things or circumstances. And there is the prayer of intercession. Now, we see that faith is a spiritual law that makes prayer work. But faith in itself is not the only spiritual force that's involved in making prayer work. I remember talking to a minister who said to me, you know, I believe it's time that Christians begin to act because the Bible says that faith without action is dead. And I stopped for a moment and I said, well, what is your definition of action? Well, we've got to get out there and do something. What is it that we have to do? We've got to get together and do this and do that and do this and do that and enforce our rights. Well, that's true in a sense. 
if you're talking about spiritually, but if you're talking about physically, you're wrong. Because the Bible says faith worketh by love, not by selfishness. So if we were to begin to define the, the spiritual forces that are involved in getting prayer to work, we would have to also say love was involved. Faith without action is dead, but faith worketh by love. So the act behind that faith is an act of love, not selfishness. Motive is involved in our praying. Why are you praying that way? What is the purpose? What is it that you desire? Is it a selfish motive? Is it a selfish reason that you're praying? It won't work. What kind of act did you commit? What kind of action? What actions were corresponding to your faith? See, all these questions have got to be asked when it comes to prayer. Now, not only is love involved, but faith is involved, but hope is involved. I think if we were to discuss every one of these spiritual forces, we could never get through our series. Hope. Faith is the substance of what you hope for. Hope is involved. It's a spiritual force. It's involved in prayer because it's involved in faith. And faith makes prayer work. And love makes faith work. See? All these are involved. Now, you can't separate patience from this because patience is involved because it's through faith and patience that you inherit the promise, right? So you can't take patience out of there. These are spiritual forces. Well, if I put patience in there, then I've got to leave joy in there because the Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations knowing the trying of your faith worketh patience. And joy is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So I can't separate any of these forces. I can't remove these spiritual forces and expect faith to bring results to prayer. You can't do it. I want you to note that when we get involved in spiritual law, all the wires have got to be hooked up. Love, faith, hope, patience, joy. All these have got to be working together if you're going to pray and get results. I think we should define prayer. Prayer is an invitation. An invitation to come and fellowship in the Father's throne room of love. Prayer is an invitation. An invitation to come and fellowship in the Father's throne room of love. Of course, it's a throne room of mercy and it's a throne room of grace. Whoever said that you'd walk into the Father's presence, I hear some preacher saying it, and his, his answer is no. Someone says, I asked God to heal me. His answer was no. They didn't realize that the call to prayer was an invitation of the Father to come to his throne room of love gifts, of mercy and of grace. If I can't find grace and mercy in the presence of my Father, how can I give grace and mercy? Or he give his grace and mercy through me. If one of you were to come to me and I had the ability and said, boy, could you heal me? And if I had the ability, I'd say yes. I wouldn't say no. But yet, am I expected to walk in a greater dimension of love than love itself? God is love, but love is God unveiled. 
So if I'm just walking in the unveiling of God's love, and I would do it, how much more then? Aren't you glad for the how much more then's in the Bible? How much more then shall your heavenly Father meet the need of your heart? That's what prayer is. Come and commune with your Father. Cuddle up to His bosom and let His presence envelop you. How can you walk into that atmosphere and walk out unchanged? Prayer changes things, not God. God does not change. Amen. We could also say that the very fact that we have been called to prayer is proof, living proof, that we have the ability to breathe in the presence of the omnipotent creator of the universe. How many of you have breathed in the face of the President of the United States of America? How many of you had the honor and privilege of entering into his office and having an executive board meeting with him? Not too many. But the very fact that we've been called to prayer means we have the ability to stand in His presence and to speak to Him, ask of Him, and expect a response from Him. What a privilege. What an honor. When it's the prayer of supplication and petition, you're there for yourself. When you're there in intercession, you are there for your brother or sister who didn't know how to reach his throne, who could not find the way in. Jesus said, I am the way, but they had not yet discovered the right path. So consequently, you went in for him. And you got to the board meeting and said, Father, Abba, Father, I've come into your presence to commune with you and fellowship with you concerning my dear brother, so-and-so. You see the need of his heart. I'm standing the gap. I'll fill that gap for him or for her. What do you say, Father? Let's do it. Jesus leans over and says, I died for him. I shed my blood for him. You've accepted it, Father. Now he's in the family. I said when I was on the earth, ask the Father anything in my name and he'll do it. Prayer is like holding up to the Father a mirror. He sees himself in his word. And he says, yep, I said that. And I will not change. If I said it, I'll make it good. For my words that go forth out of my mouth shall never be changed. My covenant will I not break. I'll not alter those words. Yes, let's do it. And praise God, there comes divine intervention from heaven's throne. And brother so-and-so has their need met. That's prayer. That's prayer. Prayer is an invitation to come into the presence of the Father of glory. Sit down with him around the throne room. Have an executive board meeting with him. Bring to him your rights and privileges through his word and expect him to meet the need of your heart. I like one translation of the fifth chapter of Mark's gospel. When the woman with the issue of blood came to Jesus and touched him, 
Jesus said, who touched me? And they said, the disciples said, Master, you see the multitude crushing thee and thronging thee. And sayest thou, who touched me? And Jesus softly turned and said, yes, but somebody has made a demand on my ability. Somebody has made a demand on my power, on my virtue. And you can just sense the compassion in the heart of the master flowing out like a river to her need. And the need was instantly met. That translation is so suggestive. Somebody, somebody finally made a demand on my ability. And it was my joy to fulfill it. That's prayer. Faith makes prayer work. Jesus turned and said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. Peace. Jesus died for your peace. The chastisement of your peace was on him. No more mental anguish. You were so mentally disturbed because of your illness, because of your situation, because of the conditions of your life. But now, prayer has changed things. It didn't change God. And if God doesn't change, then listen to the Master's lips. Somebody has placed a demand on my ability. Go in peace. Be whole of thy plague. Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Anybody that comes into the throne room of grace with faith and places a demand on the ability of God will not leave unchanged. He will leave or she will leave. Leave changed. The need will be met. Now, something that Brother Kenyon said that I thought was so good, I thought I'd write it down and just share it with you. He said, prayer is the voice of faith to the Father. Prayer is the voice of faith to the Father. Unbelief cannot pray. Unbelief can only utter words, empty words, words that will not produce, but faith will produce. So prayer is the voice of faith to the Father. This is the word of faith. He said, prayer is the living word in the lips of faith. The Father sees himself in his word as in a mirror. And he says, I will do it. He has the ability. He's spoken it. Now I'll bring it to pass. He said, your faith places a demand on the ability of God. And the ability is the power to meet your need. Now you think about those statements. Prayer is the voice of faith. How many have prayed in unbelief? How many have prayed in doubt, wavering? Many. But how many have prayed in faith? He that believeth hath. If you believe, you have. 
See, we're not talking about mental assent. We're talking about the believer has. He doesn't hope to get it. Prayer is communing with the Father in the Spirit in His throne room of grace. His throne room of love gifts. His throne room of mercy. Once you've entered in and placed your petition before Him and received from Him, as Jesus said, when you walk away from the throne, He shall have whatsoever He saith. What should your response be? Yes, Father, I have received. Oh, glory, I have received. Thank you, Father God, you've met my need and my circumstances are changed. You may not see it. You may not feel it. It may not seem to be so in the sense realm. But you've got the assurance of the Word of God. And your confidence is, is not in the senses, but it's in the Word of God. This is prayer. This is what prayer is. Get the attitude of it. Sense the attitude of being in the presence of the Father. You can't stand before Him with guilt and condemnation. You could only stand before Him with confidence in your heart. Confidence that He'll meet your need. Amen? Now, we've talked about the prayer of binding and loosing last. And before we go on to the prayer of agreement, let's turn back in our scriptures to Matthew 16. Let's look at these scriptures again. And let's give you a few examples as to how this prayer works. Matthew 16 Jesus is speaking to Peter. Verse 19, he says, Peter, I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. The prayer of binding and loosing is on earth. This prayer is exercised by the believer. If you don't bind it, it won't be bound. If you don't loose it, it won't be loosed. But don't utter words. Let your voice be the voice of faith when you bind and loose. Let's read it like this. Whatsoever you allow to come to pass on the earth will be allowed from heaven. Whatsoever you refuse to allow to come to pass on the earth I will refuse from heaven. It's already refused out of heaven. I like that better. It's already refused out of heaven. No, God's not the cause of your problems and troubles. That's refused in heaven. But if you refuse it on earth, then you too shall walk together agreed. And the Father's will will be carried out in heaven as it is in earth. He went on to say, Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Look at verse, look at chapter 18, verse 18. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Don't say, I've read those scriptures before and I know what they say. That's a wrong attitude. That's a symptom of pride. I've read that before. I've heard that before. That's a symptom of pride. 
I don't know anything. I don't claim to know it all, do you? I could read that scripture and meditate that scripture. And I believe that the Father by His Spirit will unveil to us books that we could write on that scripture. Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Now here we see that the Father expects us to do something with the authority that we have. The prayer of binding and loosing involves authority. If we didn't have the authority to do such a thing, why then would he tell us to do it? If the Father demands that I have faith and does not give me a means whereby to obtain it, then I have a right to challenge his justice. But if he gives me a means whereby to obtain it, it is my responsibility to have it. If the Father wills you and I walk through this world without the wicked one touching us and gives me a means whereby to walk free, then it's up to me to be the enforcer, to enforce the authority I have in the earth and don't allow the thief, the deceiver, the murderer, the liar, the cheat to steal that which is mine. Now, let me give you an example as to how to use the prayer of binding and loosing. Because I remember when I taught on this before, we cut it off just a little bit short. We didn't really get into explaining the loosing part. Sometimes we take it for granted that people understand what you're saying or they know. And we should never do that. When it comes to the things of the Spirit, don't get to a place that your heart becomes hardened. Beloved, you be like a sponge. Don't ever say, I've heard that before. Let's go to something else. That is a sign and a symptom of a heart that's beginning to be hardened. Don't let your heart be hardened. Listen to what the Spirit of God has to say. And we'll learn. Now, you're in a, a warfare... And the weapons of your warfare are spiritual. They're not carnal. Prayer is part of that warfare. We've got the power to pray. We've got the right to pray. We've got the privilege to pray. I think that's the best way to say it. The privilege to pray. And because the forces that are around us are using the things that we see and hear and feel in situations that are around us to destroy us, to keep us in bondage, to cause us to be more involved in sense knowledge than we are in the Word, we've got to have the ability to see the adversary at work, know when to use the right prayer of binding and loosing, know when there's demon influence behind our situation, and then use the faith that we have to enforce the law of binding and loosing and bring to pass the desired results that we have. So let's take an example. I remember one time we were in need. We had a need in our lives and, well, it was a financial need. We needed a hundred dollars. And I looked over to my wife and said, Honey, we have a need. We need a hundred dollars. 
It was a, you know, a need of life. And so, I looked over to her and said, would you pray and agree with me that this need would be met? And she said, yes. Now, something on the inside will give you direction when you're about to pray. And if you'll take time to meditate with, before God, I believe that there's a lot of times we can have a lot of things answered before we ever start to pray. Because the Father knows you have need before you ever pray and ask Him. But something on the inside will reveal to you whether or not there is a demon influence. And it's not always a demon influence. I mean, an actual spirit that's behind it. But in a lot of cases, you know, there are. So, the Spirit of God did reveal to us and show us that there is demon activity that's binding up our finances. Whoa, don't be the one that's bound. You be the one that's loosed. Don't you get caught bound in the earth. You be the one that's loosed in the earth. God didn't call us out of bondage to bring us to a place of bondage again to fear. We've not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, have we? Romans 8.15 says, but the spirit of adoption. I've not been delivered to receive again the, the spirit of bondage to fear again. No, don't get bound up by fear. It looks like you're going to sink and go under. Don't get bound up by that. Don't let that di dictate to you just because your circumstances are dictating bondage and defeat. So he said, Thou foul spirit that's endeavored to bind up our finances. Now see, there was a spirit behind it. A lot of times there's just mismanagement. A lot of times there are circumstances that take place just like this world system dictates to us everything is corroding and rusting away like your car. If it does, then you need to buy a new one and so on and so forth. So that dictates to you. But see, there wasn't a spirit behind that. There wasn't a spirit of rust. So, the problem is I need a hundred dollars. The cause is there's some little maniac Binding up my finances. So what do I do? I do what the Word of God says to do. Whatsoever you shall bind on the earth shall be bound in heaven. Or whatsoever you allow on the earth will be allowed. If I allow that thing to fool with my finances, it will. God won't do anything about it. So I says, Thou foul spirit that has come against our finances, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind you. And loose you of your assignment over our financial affairs. Now, Father, I give I thank you for the angels that are ministering spirits sent forth to minister for my wife and myself, who are the heirs of salvation. Hebrews 1.14. I loose them, I give them charge. Angels go. And cause the hundred dollars to come. I receive it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now faith makes prayer work. When I say thank you, Father, I've received my need met, the angels are busily going to and fro. See? And they're busily out there working to cause that hundred dollars to be made manifest in my possession. And seven days from the day we prayed, 
we received a check for $100, signed, sealed, and delivered by an angel, and a note with it saying, I don't know why we gave you this, but here's $100 to meet your needs. Well, I did. Now, the reason why I'm, I'm being slow and specific because I think we need to meditate on spiritual things and get them down deep inside our heart. This is real. I'm not talking about phony business. This is real. Now, unless you start to operate like that, you can you could be a person that's out there as soon as you, you know, people have lost their jobs and, and uh, instead of walking confident before God, it seems like the bottom fell out and they don't know which way to turn. But I'll tell you what, if you know how to do this, what is prosperity? I'll tell you what prosperity is. The ability to call upon the Most High God to meet your need in any given time, situation, circumstance, it doesn't matter what it might be, that's prosperity. You say, but you don't have a thousand dollars in the bank. Well, what are you going to do? Thank God that his storehouse is full. I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, you see us the need. I believe your word. Now, of course, it's a need. I'm operating in love. I understand faith. I have patience. The need is not bigger than my God. If, if the need is, then you better get back into the Word of God and start meditating the Word so that your God can be big, you know, bigger than your need. When that happens, there's no problem. The need will be met. So, I remember one time, and this is very important. You might want to understand how to do this. You could use this prayer binding and loosing to receive back stolen property. You don't have to give in to a thief. You can receive back stolen property, and it just may be in the case of, of children. Some of you know, people have their children, they leave home. Well, you can receive them back by the same method, by the same way. I remember one time I walked out of my apartment when I was at school and walked over to the car and I looked down and I saw that the car was not, the door was not shut. I know I shut it, but evidently I forgot to lock it. And, and so I walked over to the car and uh, the thought came, someone stole all my teaching tapes. The thought came. But don't take the thought saying. I didn't say it. The thought came. I didn't say it. Yeah, and for sure, I opened up the door and looked inside. When I saw all my teaching tapes were gone, I said, inside, over up in here, something said to me, yep, they're all gone now. Well, you're in a position that you've got to either call upon the power of God or you're going to lose everything you got. So, I began to shut the door. I was listening to those thoughts. I didn't take them yet. And I... Another thought came to me and said, go back and tell your wife that all your tapes are gone and they're lost. You'll never see them again. I said, I took two steps towards the apartment after I shut the door. And I said, no. Just like that. I won't do that. I refuse to do that. Those are my teaching tapes. And so, I stood right there. Now, I didn't care if anybody thought, you know, sometimes when you get involved in spiritual things, you don't care where you're at. You don't care what's going on. You don't care if you're, you know, in a store. You don't care if you're in a street or something. It doesn't matter where you're at. You're too much involved in the spirit than you are with the natural. 
So I stopped and I actually said it out loud. No! Like that. I will not lose my tapes. I didn't have many. Just a few. You know. And they were music tapes. My wife bought music tapes and, you know. I says, no, I won't do this. I won't have it. So I immediately said, now see, this is the first thing I did. This is my reaction. I didn't, I didn't respond to the negative doubt and unbelief. I responded to something on the inside that said, no, I don't have to stand for this. And said, you foul spirit that's influenced these people to steal from me, to rob me, I bind you in the name of Jesus. See? Loose them from their assignment. You've got no right. I'm a child of God. I'm washed by the blood. I'm redeemed. You've got no right to steal from a child of God. Now, if you ever have had your tape stolen or anything like that, I know it's not rare you're going to get them recovered. But I then loose the angels. Again, I'm saying this very slow. I want you to grasp this. Loose the ministering spirits. Someone says, you don't have a right to do that. The Bible says they are ministering spirits to minister for me. I'm an heir of salvation. So I loose. That's the prayer of binding and loosing. Whatsoever you loose. I don't want my angels to be bound up here on the, on the earth. Do you? No. So I said, I loose my ministering spirits and give them charge over this situation. I said, go and cause those tapes to come back to me. Didn't even walk to the apartment to talk to my wife and just went back in my car, shut the door. Prayer changes things. That's it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father God. I thank you in Jesus' name. All's taken care of. Went off to school, went to work, come home that evening. I ex began to explain to my wife what had taken place. And then a few moments later, someone come knocking on our door. Now, we've never had people come to our door. We didn't know anybody down there. Very few people. And they came knocking on our door. The guy had a handful of tapes like this here. The woman, I think it was. Yeah, the wife. And said, are these yours? My wife looked at him and she said, yep, these are ours. Every single one of them worked. There was nothing wrong with them. There was no problem. I think there was only one case that was a little bit cracked or something like that. But everything that, we, that was taken from us was brought back to our possession. I didn't do a thing. You say, well, what? I didn't go looking for, I didn't call the police. We called the police of heaven. But we didn't call the earth police. There's something about knowing the Father and knowing that the angels are ministering spirits right by your side. You have got powerful weapons of your warfare and they're bound up, not doing anything. Some of them angels are just, you know, you imagine how strong they are? Say, man, turn me loose on that demon. Man, let me. Don't you think when Daniel got on his knees before God and began to pray for 21 days, Gabriel come down, said, Whoo, I'm on my way to fight. Glory be to God. Come on down to that glorious place. Try to slip right on down through this atmosphere that's, you know, corroded and filled with all the powers of darkness. A host of demons probably came and met him and said, you're not going to go any further. But Daniel's up there. He's down on his knees praying, praising Father God, worshiping the Father. He, he just hung in there fervently. 
Well, all them demons tried to hold him back, but Michael came along and flexed his muscle. He said, I'll take over from here. You go down, down and see Daniel. Tell him what I want. And he goes down and talks to Daniel. I mean, glory came down from heaven because a man prayed. You imagine that. An angel came down because that man believed. Well, angels went, bound up that demon, found my tapes, told somebody to pick him up, and told them where they belonged, and brought him over to our apartment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That excites me. I know about you. I get excited talking about stuff like this. The prayer of binding and loosing. See? The prayer of binding and loosing. But faith makes it work. You can't do that and walk off and say, well, it didn't work. I tried that. It doesn't work. But trying, it works by doing. What did you do? See, that's what I did. Now, I could have went off for a hundred times and said, oh, I lost my tapes. Can't find my tapes. What am I going to do now? That would have been the first thing out of my mouth. I'd have been defeated right there. Then if I'd have tried to do something else, like, you know, like believe God, then it wouldn't have worked because my spirit man wouldn't have been in a position to set in motion spiritual law. Too much doubt. Faith is the voice of faith to the Father. I believe that those angels were running out there as if they were clothed in blue, policing the area and looking for my tapes. See, it works. Prayer works. But we've got to understand who we are, what we have, and the authority we can release through the Word of God in this earth. Now, let me give you another example. I think this will help you. How many of you have ever been in a position that it just seems like you want to pray, but you're not reaching heaven, so to speak? You get on your knees and pray in other tongues, and it seems like it's just routine. Well, you figure out and do something else, and then you go back to prayer, and you get back into a position that you're going to pray to God in other tongues, and you begin to pray and worship the Father, and it seems like you're not making any connection. Seems like as though it's just hitting the ceiling and bouncing back down. I've been there. Have you? It seems, seems like nobody's listening. Well, one day, I was like this. I said, now, Father, I don't walk by sight. I don't walk by feeling. I said, but I know that when I'm in your presence, and I know that when we're making connection... I know it changes my feelings. We don't walk by that, but I know it. And just right then, the Holy Ghost inside me, you know the Holy Ghost inside you said he'll speak to you. Spoke up and said, bind that foul thing that's interrupting your prayer life. See, like I said, you don't go out and bind a spirit of rust. Put a lot of wax on your car. Okay? Get it painted. Whatever it needs to get done, get it done. Well, we're talking about things of the Spirit now. We're talking about the way they manipulate you, try to manipulate you in, in, in circumstances surrounding you to get you to a place that they can hold you in bondage. Let, read that scripture in Romans 8.15. Turn, turn over that. I want, you to see, I, I want you to see that scripture with your own eyes. Romans 
For you've not received the spirit of bondage again. You've not received the spirit of bondage again. Well, you were bound up once. But the Son of Man had set you free. Now, these demon forces that are endeavoring to destroy our life gain sway over our life if we allow the spirit of fear to enter in and affect our thinking and affect our spirits. Fearful of not putting food on the table. Fearful of this. Fearful that your children are in trouble. Fearful of that. Fearful of losing your job. Whatever the case might be that, that dictates fear to your life will put your spirit back in bondage and you will not understand the revelation of this last part. But you have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Though a Though the enemies are round about me, he hath prepared a table before me in their presence. That's what he's talking about. But if I allow my spirit man to get bound up by this fear, by the spirit of fear, and all by all the circumstances around me, then my prayer life will be very ineffective. So, as I was beginning to pray, I realized, you know, some Christians, now, now listen to me when I say this, some Christians had the fear that they lost their salvation. Some Christians had the fear that God would never restore that fellowship back to them again. And they got themselves put back in bondage and they have no sense or awareness of sweet communion and fellowship in the throne room. And when they get there, it's just like, dear God, what am I doing? I wish, I just wish I knew that he was hearing me. I just wish I knew that I was communicating with the Father. You see, well, the Spirit of God said to me, just on the inside, you take authority and bind that foul thing that's intruding and interfering with your prayer life. Now, see, I don't do that all the time. But the Spirit of God is in you to reveal to you when you should do certain things and how you should pray certain ways. But I did that same thing. The same way I charged them angels to go out there and bond that foul spirit, I did the same thing. I said, now, you foul spirit that's endeavoring to interfere with my prayer life, I bind you in the name of Jesus, and I loose you from your assignment over my prayer life in Jesus' name. My knees hit the floor. Hallelujah. And I mean the Spirit of God. My spirit was so released to worship in other tongues, I didn't care who was hearing me or what was hearing me. I just had a freedom to pray in the Spirit. But you see, that's not all the time. That's only when, as I said, when you need it. You know, circumstances, if you allow them to dictate to your life, you can get yourself back into a place of bondage. The Bible says, Thou art snared by the words of thy mouth. You know, and when you just hear people talk, well, you know, I just can't seem to pray. 
I just can't seem to make connection with the throne. I can't seem to get God to hear my prayers. I just can't seem, I just can't seem, I just can't seem. He shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. You got yourself bound up because of the circumstances, because you didn't feel it, or whatever the case might have been. But now you're in a place of bondage. So what do I do? Use the authority of binding and loosening. You foul spirit that's endeavored to interfere with my prayer life, I bind you in Jesus' mighty name. My spirit is loosed and free to worship God in the spirit and in truth. And let her rip. Let her go. See, that's the prayer of binding and loosing. Now, you can use that prayer in, in, in different things. It's not just, see, a separate prayer that you're going to use without using another type of prayer. You can use that prayer when you're praying for yourself in the prayer petition. So you may need that $100 and it was a, a demonic influence that was binding up your finances. Well, you take authority over that first. You lose the angels of God and then you say, now, Father, I believe I received my $100 or whatever the case might be. So you use that prayer along with the prayer of petition and supplication. And together they worked to bring about results. Well, there's another prayer. Let's go to Matthew. I wanted to get into some other types of prayer, but I want to get into intercession today, but I'm not going to be able to do that. Time won't permit it, I don't believe. Unless we stay here till 6 o'clock. And we won't get into it tonight because we have another speaker tonight, which I did not inform you of as of yet, but I'm informing you now you have another speaker tonight, someone that's anointed with the Spirit of God, filled with the Spirit of God, walks in love, faith person, graduate of Rhema Bible Training Center, and his name is John Muzo. He'll be speaking tonight. <laughs> Look at Matthew 18, 19. Now, I want you to see that these prayers are, we are separating them, but they can be and most often are used together. In verse 19, again I say unto you, again I say unto you, that if two of you shall agree on earth, where? On earth, as touching anything that they shall ask, there's a good possibility it might come to pass. But sometimes there may be a no, and sometimes there may be a yes, or sometimes there may be a wait. Don't you have the same translation I have? Oh. Okay, let's read that again. That if any two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done by my Father, which is in heaven, because for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. Now, are you ready for this? This is as the bond of marriage. This prayer is as joining two human spirits together in the bond of marriage. There are two human spirits that are binding themselves together at their own choice, at their own will, in the spirit, 
to agree on this earth as touching a given need in one of their lives. When they come together and unite themselves together in the Spirit, all the laws of faith that we've been talking about do not change. I believe everybody should have a praying partner. Somebody that you know understands how faith works, how prayer works, and can unite with your spirit to join forces together to get results in prayer. It's an actual union. If you're married, it should be your husband or wife. Now, I'm going to share something else with you here while we're talking along those lines. Go to 1 Peter 3. Preferably, your praying partner should be your mate. There are times that it may not be advisable that you pray with your mate. See? Sometimes this can be a help or sometimes this can be a hindrance, depending upon the circumstance. Now look at First um, Peter, the third chapter. And we're going to answer a lot of questions here right now concerning this prayer of agreement. Look at verse 7. Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge. Talking about your wife. Giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel. And as being heirs together of the grace of life. That your prayers be not hindered. There's a lot of people in the body of Christ that do not have powerful prayer lives because of disharmony in the marriage relationship. You say, well, how can that be? Listen to me. When you became one in the Spirit through the act of marriage, your spirit being in union with that other person's spirit is affected by the other person's life. There is a blending in the realm of the spirit to cause a union of the spirit, to cause a meaningful relationship in the mental and a meaningful relationship in the physical. And the effect one individual's life has on the other individual's life is devastating, to say the least. A woman wants to pray and get a prayer answered of healing for their child, but the husband says, I don't believe in what you're doing. And all oh, her prayer life is hindered. It's a struggle to get results. I've seen it. I know it's so. You say what? Because her spirit, being in union with the other spirit, is affected by those words. By all that unbelief. Look, it's enough to have unbelief around you, but how would you like to have unbelief hooked up to you? Oh, would the God, that the spirit of our God would come down from heaven 
and open up our eyes unto the union of our spirits in the bond of marriage and cause us to awaken to righteousness and become the explosive force in the earth that he set up the family to be. And boy, I'll tell you, bless God, the forces of darkness wouldn't have a chance to get a hold of your kids and destroy their lives. You see what I'm saying? Oh, it's so important. Now, I said it could be a help, it could be a hindrance. When the two are in harmony and their hearts are knit as one, then one could put a thousand to flight. But the union of their spirits in prayer would cause a force that's ten times greater than the individual could have had if they prayed themselves. That's why I believe that in this place, in this congregation, as you've heard the Word of God, it's so important that we also pray the prayer of agreement. You say, I'm believing God for my healing. I'll agree with you. Why do you say that's so important? I'll tell you why. Because your circumstances do not dictate to my life. I am not with you when your attacks come, when your, you know, faith is being t uh, tested by the devil. Therefore, if I agree with you, my spirit is united with yours in prayer. And on this earth, we agree to such a thing to happen, whatever the case might be then that force becomes ten times greater because I am speaking the same faith that you are speaking. And when that attack comes, it does not damper my faith at all. It doesn't affect me at all. I just sit back and say, glory be to God, they are delivered and healed. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect me. Not in the least. But you've got a ten times greater force that you're hooked up to, teamed up with, that you know will not say a negative word concerning your situation. I mean to tell you, that is power. As you can see here, the word says it's powerful enough to be ten times greater and more effective in an individual's life. That's why I always say you want agreement in prayer. I will agree with you in your prayer life, but you better be specific as to what you're praying for or about. Now, you need to realize that if you're going to hook up with somebody who just speaks doubt and unbelief, it's going to destroy your prayer. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am and I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. 
God bless.